This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, it, it is a fascinating podcast and you need to listen. I asked him all the questions that I, I think the audience would want to ask and the ones that I wanted to ask. And he didn't have a problem answering any of them. Very frank. Um, now, I don't think he's one of the most popular people with the with the former president, but I, I mean, neither is our next guest. Are we ever going to be able to talk to Donald Trump uh, ever again, having Bill Barr on? And then on the day that he has a problem with our next guest, I mean, I think their relationship is solid. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. No, it's been good, but I think he got really mad yesterday. Yesterday. I did see that. Yeah. Uh, And so, uh, you know, I don't know if he'll ever talk to us again now, but. I'm anxious to talk to Kellyanne Conway. I thought she was very effective in what she did. Um, and I got a lot of questions for her on, she's got a new book out. It's 500 pages. Mm. Um, and uh, it's really, it's really, really good. And so we'll talk to her about some of the things that she reveals in that here in just a second. Stand by. writes in her uh, new book that is uh, that is out now she writes in here's the deal heading to the school year the fall of 2018 all four Conway children were thriving they were with me full-time in DC my mom had moved in with us to help my core four George was spending chunks of time in New York at the firm where he voluntarily went from partner to of of council role spending his nights alone at our house in Alpine, New Jersey, 240 miles away from D.C. The numbers don't lie. During this time, the frequency and ferocity of his tweets accelerated. Clearly, he was cheating by tweeting. And I was having a hard time competing with his new fling. She goes into what those tweets, how they dealt with them, how the president dealt with them, Kellyanne Conway joins us in 60 seconds. Oh, 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 oh. 
You know, I don't know about you, but it really it bothers me a great deal when we have to ask people to go out and protect us or protect our country in our name. The president doesn't send them out. The Congress doesn't send them out. We send them out. And many times they're our own kids or relatives. When they don't come back or when they come back catastrophically injured, what is the government doing? Right now, this administration is taking funds from the VA hospital and sending those funds down to the border. So we have doctors down there for all of the people that we're letting in across the border. It's our responsibility to take care of our veterans. They took care of us. So may I ask you to join the Tunnel to Towers organization. Tunnel to Towers. It's T2T.org. I'd like to ask you if you would donate $11 a month to T2T. They have Operation Home Base, which gifts tiny houses to homeless veterans. Um, they Every time a veteran or a first responder, police or fire, they fall in the line of duty and they have kids, T2T comes in and they take the mortgage away so the family does not have any problems, financial problems at least. Take that load off of them. T2T.org. Step to the plate, America, because our government is failing us too many times. T2T.org. Well, it is a pleasure to welcome on the program the author of Here's the Deal and former Trump campaign manager, former senior counselor to President Trump, Kellyanne Conway. Hello, Kellyanne. How are you? I'm wonderful, Glenn Beck, and thank you for having me today. You bet. Good you to bet. hear your voice in person. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I, ha- I have to start because this is the, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is the thing that I've always wondered. You and your husband, are you like uh, James Carville and, and Mary Matlin? No, we're not. And I know, I'm glad you asked that question because other people just write it and they presume it. That's not what this is. Um, he was never a Democrat working against my Republican presidential candidate. That would be James Carville, who helped make Bill Clinton's career, Mary Madeline, very smart Republican strategist who worked for the Bushes and others. In this case, uh, George and I both were of a single mind that Donald Trump had to beat Hillary Clinton and become president of the United States. George was incredibly supportive, even helpful, coming to the campaign many nights after leaving his own job a few blocks away from Trump Tower. And I write in the book, this new book, Here's the Deal, when great beach read, great Father's Day gift, get on it, folks. I write there very explicitly that people say, without Kellyanne Conway, Donald Trump would not have been elected in 2016. That's debatable, but what will never be in doubt is that without George Conway, Kellyanne Conway could not have been the campaign manager in those closing months of 2016 to the extent I was. He encouraged, if not insisted me, to take my shot. He was the, George was the only person I told in the hours after President Mr. Trump offered me the campaign management job, and he said, Kellyanne, you're doing this. He can actually win with you, and I'll help out more at home, and he did. And so people just need to know the facts. And George and I had something else in common, and not just as parents of these four wonderful children, Glenn Beck, but we had in common that we both accepted big jobs in the Trump administration. Everyone knows what my job. They, they saw me out there uh, again and again. But George had accepted a position, as, a nomination as the head of the civil division of the U.S. Department of Justice. That's a big job. Mm. And he you know, did that. Now, he changed his mind about Donald Trump. This is America. We can all do that, Glenn Beck. You can change your mind about Donald Trump, about politics, about what 
what you're having for dinner, whatever it is. But to do it in such a public way was so not George and was so not helpful um, to his wife and, and to so our family. What, why did he feel it was necessary? You say it wasn't like him. What, can you get into that? Why did he feel it was so necessary? Oh, I think people who change their mind about Donald Trump and people who are already congenitally afflicted with Trump derangement syndrome, for which yeah. there are no therapeutics and no vaccine. Plans. <laughs> <laughs> they feel, <laughs> look around, there certainly isn't. They feel duty bound to express that publicly because they find an immediate and equally vociferous hungry audience in so doing. But as I put in my book, you know, I miss the privately brilliant George Conway, not the publicly bombastic, yeah. bombastic one that he had become. And uh, listen, George is a very smart person. He graduated Harvard at 20, graduated Yale Law School at 23, made partner at um, the premier law firm in New York City at 30, unheard of in these days after five years only, unheard of. And, and he's, we've been married for many decades. We have four children together. What, what, what this all comes down to is I don't understand what was happening. And the reason I call it cheating by tweeting is because of how he was spending his time. So if you have a side piece, if you have a gumas, the Italians in my family, the Italian men in my family did uh, growing up. If you had a, you know, you have a mistress, you're spending time with that person, thinking about her and meeting with her and right. being with her and planning that and pretending you weren't with her. And I just felt this was very similar in that this, this consumed an awful lot of his time and his attention. And you saw what happened. George Conway became a folk hero, but actually Kellyanne Conway's husband did. I put in the book quantitatively mm. that he was referred to as Kellyanne Conway's husband routinely, which tells you all you need to know about what their real motive was particularly in those beginning months, if not year, which was to try to stick it to me, to try to put division between Donald Trump and me, to try to get me to quit my job. I was good at my job, and I loved my job. I loved my public service job, and I was darn good at it, and I was very focused on it. And I think the media, who never knew who, whose job, you know what, the job of the media, Glenn, is, in my view, to get the story. But they took it upon themselves to get the president and those around him, his yeah. family members, his senior staffers, and their families. And they couldn't get enough of Kellyanne Conway's husband. Um, I, I, I have to ask just one quick follow-up question, because you write in the book that Ivanka came to you and gave you, I think, two names of marriage counselors, and you guys went. What did, what's, you guys are married, and it, are things better now, or...? We did not go. I put in the book that oh, we never Oh, you did went. not go. We I thought you go. had I two names. I thought she gave you two did, names he and he, he said yes to one. That's right. He said no to one and then he sort of shrugged at the other and we never went. And oh. I, the way I look at it is that, that it wouldn't be so public about something so private, except yeah. it's important to know that I take my marriage vows very seriously. I've always been yeah. faithful to them. And when I said forever, I meant it. And, um, and it was very nice of Ivanka Trump who, and I put in the book, Glenn, that, you know, I, I, I was talking to her about something else. Our offices were right next to each other in the West Wing uh, on the second floor. I called the Cool Kids Wing, White House Counsel's Office, me, Johnny DiStefano and Dina Powell, uh, Ivanka, and then Larry Kudlow across from us. And I, and I, she was very, you know, Ivanka's a very nice person. She's very gracious, very kind. And she gave it to me on a post-it because she knew I was open to receiving it. And she said, listen, I've got lots of Democrats in my family. I know how this goes. And these, they're making things harder for all of us. And it was very nice of her. But we never went. And I, the, the reason I talk about it is I think that um, if George wanted to do that, he would have done that because that's the way he's, we see the way he spends his time. He did exactly what he wanted to do. So I want to make very clear right now, as I make clear in the book, because I know it gets manipulated, is that George does not owe loyalty and fealty to Donald Trump or to the president of the United States, or to a political party, or to this or that. It, the vows were to me. 
So if he wants to change his mind, he can do that. This is America. But changing his mind about me and that job after we moved our family there together, put the kids in new schools, accepted jobs, and even when he took his name out of contention, uh, yes, out of, out of contention for the civil division chief right. of the U.S. Department of Justice, Glenn, he put out a statement, not on Twitter because he wasn't a much of a tweeter then, um, put out a statement saying, Mr. President, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. And of course, I still support your administration and the work of my wonderful wife. A couple days later, he sent out his first tweet. I put in the book that Sean Spicer, then the press secretary, is coming toward me in the East Room. And he said, did you know about this? And he's showing me a tweet that apparently came from George Conway. I have an entire chapter in my new book, Here's the Deal, Glenn, that says, but George doesn't tweet. And that's exactly what I said. I said, that can't be true, that he doesn't tweet. That's a fake account, or it wow. was hacked. And then, and we all know the rest is history. Yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, Ivanka was very uh, gracious to you. Uh, and that's the one thing that I don't think you, that never comes out about the president as well. His children are very, very gracious, um, but he is incredibly gracious and um, warm in person. It's like he's like a different person um, when he's not on, you know, when he's not on stage. Is Do I have that read right of him? You have it absolutely right, and I know that you've had contact with him, so you know this to be true. You've had yeah. conversations with him in person, more than a few. Uh, Glenn, it is absolutely true, and if Donald Trump was not a good boss, let alone a good boss to women or a good boss to working mothers, of which there were many in the White House, uh, I wouldn't have worked there. Why would I do that? He was a great boss, and he's very warm, and I think Donald Trump will never get full credit for something he's never asked credit for, which is how many times he trans- positively transformed people's lives by picking up the phone, by making a call, by making his private jet available back in the day, by just connecting people need with yeah. opportunity. Yeah. And and he never really, you know, he doesn't brag about that any more than the people who would run around in the comms department saying, I think you should, you know, go do an off-the-record ice cream stop with your nine grandchildren. And he would say, well, why would I do that? I enjoy them in private. In other words, he he's very authentic that way, and he's very warm and gracious. And even Hillary Clinton, I write in the book, Hillary Clinton acknowledged as much in a debate. In one of the debates in 2016, Glenn, each of them, Trump and Hillary, were asked about the other. Say something nice about the other. Compliment the other. And uh, her compliment of him was, I don't agree with Donald on most things. We disagree on everything. But he has raised uh, really great kids, adult kids. Yeah, that's true. And, and then look what happened. Um, they went after them and still yeah. do. But, but it absolutely is true. And look, it's a measure. If we can all be remembered at, for our kids... I think that's wonderful. I, I said when, you know, when my daughter, Claudia, she was only 12, was didn't want to move to Washington. And of the four, you know, I say as a pollster, if you get 75% agreement on something, you're really winning. But as a mom, you basically need to get close to 100% agreement. So I needed all four kids on board. And she was really the holdout. And I really feel for her. And she's a great kid, great kid now, almost a woman. She, Claudia, you know, somebody in the Washington Post was doing a profile. I mean, they said, well, we saw Claudia Conway's on there with a change.org petition, stop the Conway kids from moving to D.C. What's that about? I said, well, at least she's honest. I said, the rest of, the rest of this country often pretends I'm a revolutionary. I'm a change maker. I'm going to do this. And they go to McDonald's every night in order number three in the van. <laughs> I said, but, you know, at least she admits that she, she, at least she admits she wants things to stay the same and not move. And they said, well, what do you say to her? I said, I told, she said, mom, I don't want to go to D.C. and be known as Kellyanne Conway's daughter. And I said, guess what? You cure cancer and I'll be known as Claudia Conway's mother. Mm. Deal. And that's very true. And for Donald Trump, you know, he raised great kids. We're all trying to raise great kids. It's the yeah. most, it's the one, most wonderful contribution you can make to society. It is. I, I mean, I, and I know 
I mean, that, that's the one thing I knew the whole time was that his kids loved him. Uh, and at the end, I'm not sure my kids would have walked through that wall of fire. Uh, I mean, they they never abandoned him, at least publicly. And they, I, I doubt that they agree on everything. Um, but maybe that's just me and I'm not asking for inf- inside information. We're talking to Kellyanne Conway. Um, she has a, uh, a brand new book that is out now. We're going to spend some more time with her here in just a second. If you want to pick up the uh, uh, the book, it's called Here's the Deal by Kellyanne Conway. It is uh, out now wherever wherever you order your books or get your books from back in 60 seconds first imagine a day you wake up and your money is gone it's worthless well let me bring this let me bring this uh, to something that i mean because that probably at some point will happen to your dollar but your dollar is now worth what 70 percent of what it was worth just a decade ago it's losing value. It's not that prices are necessarily going up. On some things, prices are because of the demand or the, I don't know, lack of supply. Um, but a lot of this is caused just because your dollar is worth less. Please. All I want, I don't, I don't, I don't need to make money off of my money. I don't. I just don't know where to put it. I don't know what to do with the money that I do have in the bank. Where do you, everything is up in the air. What's a safe thing you can do? Well, may I recommend precious metals, gold and silver. Right now, a pre-Memorial Day special that is going on at Goldline. Uh, it includes a free half-ounce platinum coin, commemorates the War of 1812. These are really beautiful. Um, they're also including free silver with their weekly special. Call Goldline today and find out how can I protect my future? How can I protect my hard-earned money? 866-GOLDLINE. Call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Back with Kellyanne Conway after Station ID. I want to get into some uh, some of the things that you have said in the book, um, especially about you on paper, if you will. Um, and I want to talk about that. But first, can we clear up one thing there? President Trump was mad at you last was mad at you last night um, because you said that something like, you know, you weren't going to win. Uh, I don't know if you're going to win. And uh, you told him that. And he said you didn't tell him that. No, what he's saying is that he's got a bunch of 20-somethings in his ear who print out screaming headlines from who he considers to be the fake media. And they print out the headlines that say, Kellyanne says Trump lost. Uh, Donald Trump has said he lost. In the rigged documentary, he's sitting with Dave Bossy and says, and we lost. He's explaining how that happened. It was rigged, etc. But no, what I told him was that he had every right to... See, you have to read the book to actually understand. You know, one needs to read the book, and the 20-somethings around him aren't going to read. They just read social media all day. And, um, you know, people who aren't close to him like I am feed his brain. And, Glenn, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I talked about it a little bit yesterday in a podcast, but... I was presented, today's Friday, I was presented Wednesday night what the president was going to put out that night about me and my book. And it was highly complimentary. 
yeah. telling people to go buy the book. She's the greatest America first MAGA all the way. We right. may have to do this together again. So um, I think for the first time he's allowed somebody to really try to get between us, get in his head. Um, so I told him he came up short, meaning the, he, they had not produced enough evidence by December 14th. Correct. And the electors were going to certify the election. And I also told him in the six weeks in between, he had every right to do what Hillary done, Al Gore, and others, which is go find that evidence. Go show this state there was theft, fraud, malfeasance. And I think theft and fraud were the wrong ways to start. Because if you start with crimes, you're giving yourself this, you're, you need to bear this very high evidence. To prove. Yeah, and you'll never do it in three, never four weeks. You've got to start out with, we're hearing crazy stuff. Look at this. They, right. won't let our, they won't let bipartisan, they won't let our people in to watch them count the ballots. Right. They, look, you know, look at the Zoom. I mean, his $1.4 billion campaign couldn't put Zoom and ring cameras in the back alleys of the, the voting places. They're, they're, yeah. they're an invasion of privacy in every neighborhood. So I also am very critical of the 2020 campaign because we did not have the $1.4 billion they had in 2020 and 2016. We had hunger, swagger, creativity, a candidate willing to go everywhere, not talk about grievances, talk about policy, a man who elevated issues like immigration and trade to in, into the public consciousness and did something about it. So he just has people... Um, I, I, you know, I'm sad to, I'm sad to, sad to see it, but I also, you know, I know I, I'm very comfortable with who I've been to him and what I've done for him yeah. over a number of years and how he has supported me too. So. I didn't, I, I honestly, I don't think that he's, you know, that this, I didn't get the impression that, uh, your relationship with him was going to be in trouble. Uh, maybe yeah, there was a disagree, maybe there was a disagreement, but, uh, I'm glad to hear that that is the case. Um, the, the election. I talked to Bill Barr yesterday. I did a podcast with him that's out now. And um, in it, he said pretty much the same thing. Look, after uh, the um, after December 14th, it, it, it constitutionally, that's it. That's it. And he said, you can't build that case. And I said, so did you look into all these things? He said, yeah, I looked into all of them. He said, but. Those things have to be decided by states unless there's clear uh, fraud. And I said, you didn't think there was clear fraud? He said, not in the time that it would take to make that case and try that case. He said that that's what they should be doing now is looking at all of these things. And if they can find them and uh, and verify them, then it should go to court. But he's like, there, there was nothing you could do at that point. Do you agree with that? Right. Well, I wasn't there, but it sounds reasonable to me insofar as nothing ever happened the way he's, as he describes, meaning he's saying, here's what could have been done to send it back to this state or that state. And it wasn't done. So I think the people calling the president on a daily basis who did not have access to him, who were sort of shut out of the White House or who were, he didn't really rely upon them for very much in those four years. Uh, they are the ones feeding his brain. This is the day that it's going to change in Georgia. This is the day we're going to get a right. favorable court right. decision. Right. And it's not happening. So I think that December 14th was the key date. And then there were other people saying, wait, January 6th right. would be a key date. And here's why. Okay. Hang on just a sec. More with Kellyanne Conway next. The Glenn Beck Program. Diesel prices are through the roof. That means the price of driving trucks goes up, which means the cost of delivering food across the country goes up which means shortages, way worse than the ones we have faced so far. In fact, the world is headed towards starvation. We luckily 
are not um, headed towards starvation, but we are headed towards high prices. You don't have diesel. You're not putting diesel into the tractor. Um, if you haven't already prepared, please go to preparewithglenn.com today. I've made a special deal to get $150 off a three-month emergency food kit. It's long-term storage food that's specially packaged so it stays fresh for up to 25 years, and that means it'll be there when you, you need it, God forbid. Please, uh, just for inflation and the cost of food that is around the corner, Please prepare your family so you don't have to worry about it. Preparewithglenn.com. Go there now. Preparewithglenn.com. Those who know what's coming are uh, using today to prepare. Are you? BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck program. There is a new book out uh, that uh, I urge you to to get if you really want somebody who is telling you the frank truth. And really, it's a it's not just an inside look uh, of the last few years that we've all lived. It is a look at a very powerful woman who has uh, defied the odds and has become uh, the first woman to uh, manage a successful presidential campaign. So we don't hear about that. Uh, you know, if, if she were on the left, that would be everywhere. But she's on the right. So um, Kellyanne Conway has the new book out called Here's the Deal. And uh, she's continuing with us uh, here for a few more minutes. And I've got so much to ask you. I Maybe we can do a podcast, Kellyanne, at some point. But um I want to I want to make sure I cover um, the you as a woman, uh, the things you, you you start the book with saying, you know, uh, on paper, everything about me. I should have been very liberal uh, and a Democrat and a feminist. Um, but you you went in a different direction, but you're a very powerful woman. And when Christine Blasey Ford um uh, was starting to go after Kavanaugh. Can you talk about that a little bit and, and what happened there? Yes, it was really fascinating because, as you know, as we all should remember, Glenn, during the Kavanaugh hearings, um, the hearings were done. He had submitted himself to the Judiciary Committee. Maisie Hirono's and Kamala Harris's of the world treated us to um, a, a visual of their heads because they're always looking down at reading notes other people write. I memorized the tops of their heads, mm. the way they part their hair. <laughs> and uh, we had other questions being, I think, believe Lindsey Graham was the chairman of the Judiciary Committee at the time. And I had a conversation with him on the Sunday night when this story broke. And I spoke with President Trump as well, just trying to get my arms around the facts and what the process would be. And Chairman Graham at that time told me, look, we're going to give her the privacy and convenience. She can testify from California. She doesn't need to come here and make it a spectacle. She went there and made it a spectacle. But she had her day in court, as it's called. She was able to testify under oath in front of the Judiciary Committee, and so did Kavanaugh. And then there was a vote. There were dozens, I think, dozens of FBI investigations and supplemental investigations. And and fairly and squarely, he became an Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. But the Christine Blasey Ford testimony, you know, having me out there and the president wanting me to be out there at that time was critical because 
I famously said, she won't be ignored. She won't be insulted. I knew she was going to be able to testify. And then I had blurted out that I, you know, something I would never talk about um, consciously, that I had blurted out to Jake Tapper that I, too, had been a victim of sexual assault. I regretted that I said that. I blurted that out. Nobody really cared, did they? Because Well, hang on just a second. Hang on just a sec. That was not something, that was an accident that just came out. Totally. As it was coming out of your mouth, what were you thinking? I said, oh, my, I can't believe I just said this. This is pre-taped. Can we get that out of there? But it was live TV. And he said, oh, I didn't know that. And he said, I'm so sorry for you. And I said, well, I'm just sick of... Uh, the, the per- the, in other words, for me, that person is responsible. Donald Trump, Glenn Beck, Brett Kavanaugh, Mickey Mouse are not responsible. In other words, it's that person. So stop making everybody responsible. And I regretted saying it because, A, it's very private. But I also... Um, Jake Tapper's... I wrote in the book how he showed compassion, which is very nice. And he said, I'm so sorry to hear that, Kelly. I've never heard you say that before. And then literally the, the next thing out of his mouth was, but you work for a guy who's been accused of, you know, in other words, it's always, but Trump is the end of the sentence. Mm-hmm. But I think in the case of Blasey Ford, she was wronged, but there's, there was not enough evidence that it had been Brett Kavanaugh. And so um, I think that everybody got to see those hearings, the spectacle it became. And you know what, Glenn? I think people should realize, I wrote about this in the book, and I said this to President Trump. I had left the White House already on my own terms, my own timeline, in um, late August of 2020, but I was pulled back in for debate prep. And the one thing I said to him was, don't forget, it's Joe Biden who has politicized the United States Supreme Court confirmation process. He started with Clarence Thomas. He was the chairman of the the committee 30 years ago, 31 years ago, when when Thomas was, was up for the Supreme Court vacancy. And before that, you had Antonin Scalia had been confirmed something like 96 to nothing, 98 to nothing. You had Ruth Bader Ginsburg confirmed 96 to 3, Glenn. And then here comes Joe Biden, politicizing, and I think in a very racist way, challenging, may I, mm-hmm. challenging uh, Clarence Thomas, who then ended up saying this is a high-tech lynching. So it's he who did that. And I, I like pointing out the conflict between Senator Biden and President Biden, because there are many. But um, look, there's no question it helped to have a female spokeswoman who's very strong-willed and very strong, show both compassion for the woman who I knew was going to testify. Let's let's hear her, and then let's hear let's hear Brett Kavanaugh, whose opening statement was one for the ages. By the way, Senator Susan Collins' um, heartfelt heartfelt explanation as to why she was going to vote in favor of Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the United States Supreme Court, go pull it up. It's as good as a Senate speech you'll ever see, her explaining why she's going to vote for him. And part of it was she was satisfied in the, with the investigations and with the fact that the country and, of course, the U.S. Senate and the Judiciary Committee had had the opportunity to ask the questions. But look, Donald Trump's legacy has many great things in it. One that really stands tall, in my view, are judges. And the judges, well, the Big really time. people's judicial appointments often, many of them outlive the president himself. And what he did to, the, to transform the judiciary, the number of vacancies that Obama left, President Obama left for President uh, Trump to fill were really eye-popping. And he took advantage of that and put great men and women in there who don't think the Constitution is a piece of paper town. I talk all about that in the book. I also talk about how his list of 21 judges that he would nominate to the United States Supreme Court, having that list of real men and women that you can go and research them, look at it, was determinative, particularly after the Access Hollywood tape. His pro-life promises, that list of 21 judges that he would nominate to the Supreme Court, Glenn, he was giving people receipts beforehand, and it made a big difference. Hillary did nothing of the sort. Hillary, he 
called her out as extremist on abortion, that, that October 19, 2016 debate. You're the extremist on abortion. You would rip that baby out of its mother's womb an hour before it's born. That, coupled with her refusing to even name a name that she would put on the Supreme Court, allowed us to, to radicalize her. Um, as we are approaching um, the midterms, I think what happened in Georgia uh, sent a message uh, that I, I would hope that the president would hear. Um, he's, he has knocked it out of the park with all of his endorsements all over the country, except two that were very important to him, I think, personally in, in Georgia. And I think because the same Republicans that voted uh, for Kemp, the, the same people voted for um, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, and I think that was a message from the Republicans. We still want fighters, but we don't want to fight over the past. Is that the message that you got? Do you think the president can hear that? If he runs again, are we going to be relitigating everything of the past or will he be able to look to the future? The 2020 election is still a major feature of most of the president's communications, his TV appearances, his social media posts, um, his, some of his private conversations. He, he believes that he was cheated in 2020. And I think that movies like Rigged by Dave Bossy and Citizens United do lay bare some of the questions that remain and right. that we should never let happen again. I the agree. Bucks, all of that. Yep. I mean, there, there are so many improprieties. I think what happened in 2020, though, as I told him, was it's more a game of whack-a-mole. I said to him on the phone, this is not Bush versus Gore, Mr. President. I lived through that. It was part of that. This is not Bush versus Gore because there, that was about hanging chads in one state, really, Glenn, two or three counties mm-hmm. when you got down to it. So it's just much, it's much cleaner question of law and counting the votes. In 2020, after 2020, he had um, opportunities and evidence of malfeasance and improprieties, and I don't know if it were nine, ten different states they were pursuing. And I do think that we'll never know, I say in the book, we'll never, which apparently people around him can't just read and tell him what's in there, they just have to show him screaming headlines. Um, and, and so... I write in the book, we'll never truly know the full story of 2020. And I don't understand why half the country's in console about it. And the other half of the country, which includes all the mainstream media, Glenn, are completely incurious about it. I know. Every American should demand that we have transparent hearings on all of that. Not to, you know, say Joe Biden is not the president or is the president. Just so it doesn't happen again. We can never have this kind of doubt again in our in our uh, voting systems uh and there i think that one of the loudest voices for that for what you just said is donald trump he is the loudest most credible voice on we can never have this happen again and he does say that but i think what people want is a roadmap a blueprint of what is it that can never happen again and have like four or five specifics and i can rattle them off i mean i rattle them off in my book I, i rattle off in the book the the questions that remain i think pennsylvania is a very good case study in that and look we, we still don't know who won the U.S. Right. Senate Republican primary there. Right. Five states can't do what Vermont, Ohio, and Florida did in 2020, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Count the damn votes that come in ahead of time, have them ready, and then add them to the day of voting and tell us that night who won. Unless yep. it's a very close race, as it seems to be in Pennsylvania, it goes to automatic re- Tell us who won. Why has election day become election trimester, election season, election period? It's wedding day. It's graduation day. It's retirement day. A day is committed to something that's important to you in your life. We need to get back to that, with the exceptions, of course, for absentee voting for folks. But if I think one one thing the president 
could really say, and I've told him this because he'd be a very strong, incredible voice on this, is to talk about how whatever the COVID-compelled measures were in 2020, that I do think screwed him in, in many ways, but whatever the COVID-compelled voting measures were in 2020, as I write in my book, make sure those don't become permanent. Yeah. They are becoming permanent in many states. I know. Look at I Illinois. Know. It's crazy. And that's but, where, it, and that's where that's anything there. that went wrong went wrong, you know? Um, So is he going to run and does he have, uh, because I know he has the answers, does he have the discipline to lay out a course? America's really only going to care about the economy and their security uh, and their life, their money. You know, the irony is people are really hurting right now. The irony, the, the cruel irony is lots of the Trump voters, 74 million in 2020, record number for any sitting president by far, 12 million more than he got the first right. time around. So there is enthusiasm for him, of course. Uh, they're the ones really hurting right now, Glenn. They're the ones hurting. I mean, I know a lot of America is hurting under the policies of this, uh, this, this crack up Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, man-made disaster of a White House administration. But I think if the president wants to talk about the past, he should compare the policies that he had, the accomplishments he brought forward, to what Joe Biden is doing now. It is such a simple contrast, and people are making that contrast in their everyday conversations. They're saying, they're not just saying, I think it could be better, it will be better, we're America, we're resilient. They're saying, it was better not that long ago. How do we get back there? What do I need to do? So if... Donald Trump wants a rematch with Joe Biden. Many people would love to see that. And it would need to be on policy. And I think if he wants to talk about the elections, he should say, folks, here are the five things we have to do to make sure these 10 things never happen again. If he does that, it's gold. I'd love to see, just as I loved when his tweets were about um, that, that they had a blueprint, a roadmap, policy. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'd love to see that on his Truth Social or his next uh, TV appearance because people will listen to that and they will yes. repeat that. Yes, That's what we need from him. I mean, here's a guy who transformed American politics, and I am just thrilled. It is the honor of my older professional lifetime to have worked in the White House, to have been his campaign manager in 2016, to have had that relationship, have had this relationship for many years. But I tell you, when he took issues like immigration and trade that were mired in single digits, if at all, in the polling, and elevated them and then followed through on those in the White House, that's what we need from our presidents. That's what we need from our leaders. And we're lacking that sorely, but people are waiting for him to say that. They really are. Kellyanne Conway, the name of the book is Here's the Deal, a former um, uh, campaign, uh, is a, a former, uh, what's, the, what's the secondary line in this book? I'm sorry, Kellyanne. Uh, about me? For, you yeah. mean what my title was? No, no, no. Um, if, here's the deal. Oh, no, I don't have a secondary line. That's the, that's the elegance of it. Other people oh, have I'm to sorry. have all I these different it, names in their titles. No, no, no. I not, thought not it had a memoir just, or something. Anyway. Just a memoir. Here's the deal. Yeah. I just, and you know what? It's Kellyanne Conway. You can type it in. It's a great beach read. It's a great Father's Day gift. You'll want to see it. It's, um, listen, Glenn, unlike these other people who slinked away in shame or, or were forced out of the White House or fired, I didn't write a tell-all and bore most. Um, I, I'm very raw, very, uh, very vulnerable here. I don't divulge 
um, private, embarrassing information about other people, but I'm very candid also. I think people yeah. want to know the story behind the story and how to look forward. What happens to the 74 million Trump-Pence voters who were not in the Capitol on January 6th? What happens to those who took a chance on Joe Biden because they think, oh, he was Barack Obama's vice president yeah. and he's not Trump? Um, what happens to them? If you look at all the polls right now, there's a natural big attrition away from Joe Biden. Yep. They can go back to Trump if he runs. They'll go back to an American first candidate. Kellyanne Conway, thank you so much. I'd love to have you in for a uh, podcast. Uh, you just have such a great look on everything, past and future. Kellyanne Conway, the name of the book is Here's the Deal. Um, real estate agents I trust. There are decent real estate agents out there. And then there, are, then there are the agents that come from real estate agents I trust. This is my company. And these people don't work for me. They don't work for my company. We go and look for the best agents in every market. I can't guarantee we have one in your town, uh, but if we do and you're looking to buy or sell a house, this is a free service. We've done the vetting for you because I was working with the 500 best real estate agents, according to the Wall Street Journal, oh, I don't know, for about five years. And I just got to know them and talking to them and, you know, how, how what what makes a good real estate agent? How do I know who to hire? We decided to make that for you so we could we could do all that work and then you can interview them yourself. Just look at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, a free service for you. Sell your house on time for the most amount of money and get the right house at the right price. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck program. So uh, it is the um, it's the weekend. I have a very, very early showing. The only one I could get into of Top Gun. Oh, nice. Uh, Going with my wife at like four in the afternoon. Because it's like, that's it. Otherwise, you don't see it this weekend. They think it might set the record for Memorial Day. I'm so excited for this. I am too. And can I just ask you, does Tom Cruise kind of piss you off a little bit i mean at his age he's still one of the coolest guys alive yeah and can seemingly do everything (laughs) okay god slow down on the tom cruise thing will you just slow down this is the glenn back program